So in this period of time, for around forty-five minutes together, I'd like to speak a little bit about the uh, this question and answer uh, period, and it's also obviously a valuable mindfulness practice. So there can be situations where uh, questions are uh, asked. You you may be just listening to what she or he uh, have said or have asked and their response. And you might wonder to yourself, and it's a valuable one, what, what is the response I would give? Sometimes on the uh, television, there might be a, a, a panel program. It could be politics or current affairs or a social issue or whatever. As per usual, the uh, experts will have their voice. And it might be that some of those questions are relevant for your life, relevant for the people you communicate with. It may be worthwhile having a pen and paper, writing down that question, giving it some reflection, perhaps doing a little bit of homework uh, and research, looking at your experience, and then putting down a response to it. And this is a, um, a focus. It's the way that we can... Uh, grow a, a, a great deal. One of the concerns uh, quite often expressed is we may have quote-unquote an answer to something. Somebody asks us a question, let's say it might be around mindfulness, we respond, but inside of ourselves we know it's um, a kind of mental answer. It's a, a rather intellectual answer, a theoretical one. It may not feel to be very satisfying for others, but also for the listener uh, as well. It easily happens if we notice that in ourselves, it would be a signal to us, okay, what's going to make this shift from theoretical answer to exper more experience-based? The answer may, the answer, quote unquote, may be much the same. The content may be similar but you know inside it is coming from a place of authority, a place of understanding, perhaps a place of ex personal experience, or a deep place of empathy. And that will carry an authority quite different from the theoretical answer, even if it's correct. That requires from us 
lots of interesting human dynamics, interesting what people have to say to each other, and our contribution. Sometimes I find a person brings up an issue, an area, a question with me. I respond to it, or being well is based on some insight, some experience, empathy. But then afterwards, I'll recognize and appreciate some other aspects might be deeper, might have been more supportive to that person. Those reflections are really important, but we have to know the difference between a reflection which is insightful than the voice which says, I should have said. If I, I should have said this, this would have been better to say. This carries a judgmental tone, a self-blame tone. Not helpful, not insightful, doesn't bring any wisdom, clarity. So of course we speak, we reflect, we say to ourselves, okay, next time that voice, a similar voice comes with a similar concern or question. Let me remember, maybe a note or two, to touch upon that which I was, did not say this time. So we're listening, we're learning, we're developing, we are growing. And what I find, the general attitude in questions and answers that the signal of growing it, each session each period seems quite fresh there's a real a feeling inside this is an opportunity for me in this case me Christopher me the teacher to learn and benefit from this if we forget the learning dynamic in the teaching, there's more possibility of giving out the same old answers, which is mind deadening, or feeling resistance to yet another session, and a loss of vitality. So if the teacher is learning and learning and teaching are the same event, the vitality and the curiosity will stay alive. If the teacher forgets the learning dynamic, it will, well, get a bit boring teaching and the listener, the participant, the student will pick it up and feel the teachers uh, got no passion left. That would be tragic. All right, enough of that. Any questions that you might have? <clears throat> Any responses to today or anything else? It may be on the themes from your groups with the teachers. It <clears throat> may be from the meditations. It may be 
the circumstances of life in general over the last days or weeks or so. Very, very happy to hear from you. And as usual, can be in the written chat form or also in the, um, the spoken. And I might inquire or ask you a few questions uh, as well. Anyone who would like to uh, start at this time? Um, hello? Yes, please, yes. Hi. Hi, yes. Um, I was wondering about um, the, topi the topic of cultivation of positive qualities. Yes. Because um, I see around me a lot of, a lot of emphasis on clear seeing and on mindfulness and on um, seeing through and recognizing and all of that. But um, at times I, I feel like, it, at least for me, it needs to be counterbalanced with um, warmth and friendliness mm. and the cultivation of of the of the beautiful and the inspiring. Yeah, and, lovely. Um, that's something that I've, that I've found is really nourishing for myself. Yeah. And I was wondering whether, whether we will touch upon it here in the course, because I, I'm keen to, yeah. to learn more about the cultivation and the, yeah. And yeah. Very, yeah, very, very um, valid point. And one for us teaching to bear in mind. So I'll take a, a couple of minutes. You and of course for others as well. So as you pick up, sometimes there is something of a priority of mindfulness, being conscious, um, engaging in reflection communication, looking into things, and more. And an important aspect of all of that is cultivation. It is development, to develop as a human being. And therefore, it is to take and draw upon certain qualities, say, of heart and mind, or both together, <laughs> And say, so, uh, we'll take one. Sometimes it is an antidote to something else. So if one, let's say, is an angry person, so, okay, I'm now going to cultivate kindness and friendship. Yeah. If one is um, fearful, I'm going to um, cultivate um, trust, confidence, fearless steps. <clears throat> there. If it's uh, one of um, spending too much time in front of computers. Okay, I'm going to cultivate more time in the nature, no matter what the weather, and really develop that. So lots of ways we can do. The important thing is with the cultivation, A, to know what precisely you wish to cultivate. Secondly, to make 
the motivation and the intention for that to remember it every day every day <clears throat> and the uh, the other aspect is to be mindful with uh, uh, with this of the different ways that that can express itself because if you've got if we, if we have too small an idea of what cultivation is, it's going to be a box. It would be a pressure. Kindness can go to people, animals and plants and nature. Kindness can show itself in the way that we drive the car, if we drive a car or on a bike, the way we use things. It's a kind of respectful, empathetic connection with and say, okay, well, I really wish to develop this. This is what I'm going to cultivate. I'm going to develop this, really develop this. And that will make, as it were, the mindfulness sharper when we lose contact with it. When a human being is developing something, that which is opposite or different from will stand out more clearly it's not a sign of so to speak two steps forward one step back or two steps back or three steps back when a human being is developing herself or himself that which is undeveloped will have to emerge one might even feel, let's say it's kindness to overcome negativity, you might even feel even more anger and negativity coming up. It's not that it's, it's more likely it's getting an opportunity because the, that which is not that is what the practice is. My analogy for this is we put some potatoes and boil the water for the potatoes. Any dirt around the water is going to float up to the surface. It's got where, nowhere else to go but up, the black frothy stuff. So whatever you're cultivating, do not be surprised if the black frothy stuff comes up. It comes up with the potatoes, then we take the potatoes out, nice and clean and ready to eat. So be clear about what it is. Give some reflection to ways you could cultivate it. Have a wide view of cultivation, not the small view, and be ready for those times when that which is not that suddenly starts coming up. It may not, but it might do. Where, 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 the, where the flowers are in the garden, the weeds may, may not be far away. <laughs> this is life. Uh, and if we don't mention it enough between us about development and cultivation, don't hesitate. Give us a reminder. It, genu it genuinely 
uh, in. Okay, finally, I, uh, I'm going to quote the Buddha on, on this one. He was asked, good question. Um, supposing we've had a very difficult relationship with our parents, what do we do? And, uh, and the response was, it's a good one for the analysts and the therapists um, to reflect on this. The response was, you need to know your parents. But in a very simple way, let's say the parents were not very kind. You know, blaming, negative, pushy, aggressive. You see that, may I cultivate kindness? Your parents were never really present for you. They were always working, socializing, they got their careers, they never really had time for you. Cultivate that you would give real presence to another human being. Your parents were very tight controlling, selfish. So it could be easy to go through life blaming the parents for being angry, for not really being present, for being tight, mean, etc. But teachings would say, yes, that's the fact. One is mindful of that. Therefore, let me cultivate generosity. Let me, fight, let me develop ways of being more selfless. So sometimes the parents uh, invite cultivation, <laughs> encourage it. <laughs> and some, some of us, have looked at our parents, not all, I looked at mine, but not all, and we've seen the problems of their life in all sorts of ways. And we've looked and say, I don't want to have all that worry, anxiety, stress, anger in my life. That means we need to be cultivating something quite different from it. It's no use saying I don't want to kind of be unhappy like my parents. I need to cultivate happiness. So we're mindful of as a step for cultivation, as a step for development. A real important um, principle. And if possible, do spend and hang out, uh, if you can, any person or person who you feel have that quality or have developed that quality because a little bit might rub off onto us <laughs> all right enough thank you okay good <laughs> yes anyone please <clears throat> christopher yes please yes hi I, I wanted to ask a question. Yes. Uh, I, I was contemplating um, the, the 
the, sort of the teaching on the, on dependent arising in yeah. the context of speech and yeah. uh, direction. And it seems to me that uh, the instructions are clear when it comes to personal dukkha, mm. what to stop doing. Um, it's, um, I stop clinging and there is less dukkha. And if I change my view, there is less dukkha. And, and I wanted to ask you if you had any um, suggestion on what to maybe is best to do in interpersonal uh, situations in order also to, you know, to make as, li you know, as little conflict as possible or as much connection as possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for those of you, if I may respond to the others, uh, may be familiar with the uh, kind of Buddha's kind of uh, language. It's a little uh, challenging initially, but two references here, very important ones. One is this, sounds technical, dependent arising, as was referred to, and what it means is that there are conditions which come about which reveal it in some way or other. So, the voice requires conditions. It requires the conditions, of course, consciousness, mind and body. To look at the conditions which come of intentionality would be one. Is there any pressure from the past? Is there any clinging and holding to a view which blocks being able to listen to the other? And there's the dependent arising conditions of the other person, what she, he expresses as well. So sometimes in that there is this dukkha. Uh, it's a Pali word, language of the Buddha. And it refers to major levels of suffering, to minor levels of unrest, unsatisfactoriness and agitation, the whole spectrum. So human being who wishes to live wisely and clearly takes a genuine interest in what are the conditions that bring something about, that's called dependent arising, dependent arising condition, and looks at is there any problem in what is arising? That's called the dukkha, if there is. And that applies equally, not only to ourselves, but also in the communication, in listening to the other. How do we respond to a person who is really holding to a view, who is reactive, um, who is caught up in their conditionality? And they might go back childhood and beyond, not just recently. How do we respond to that where there is suffering in front of us. <clears throat> so all of that is part of the, the dynamic of exploration. It is really worthwhile, I think communication especially, so important, of listening, learning, reflecting, like I mentioned a little uh, while ago there. It, it, it's I often feel for myself, <clears throat> I'll, give you, I'll give you an example. 
much of the time, one-to-ones, Skype, and so forth. So, I met with a person recently, and the person has come out of a very painful marriage with lots of conflict, mistrust, betrayal. In this case, a husband. And a lot of suffering in the situation, not being resolved. The rhythm, the flow of this was that the communications of them got more and more difficult. Every time they met, it became an argument. Then it went quiet, and then the person, in this case the ex-wife, she thought he was changing, she could give him more support there, and then it all went problematic once again. The dynamics, this is where we need our clarity inside, we may not realize how much stuff we have accumulated around another human being. It's in the interaction that, whoa, what's going on inside of me that I'm reacting so strongly? Even in her case, the wish to do good, because her husband was having a very hard time. But that, as the therapist will say, can easily contribute to a codependency. I really want to do good. I'm blind to all the history with this person, and then it doesn't work out. So the knowing of ourselves with the clarity which we need, the calmness uh, there, and to be very mindful, it's not a codependent arising. It's a practice, and sometimes the space element is really, really important. And, and I find um, over the years, it is very helpful to give as much quality of attention to a communication as possible. And if necessary, and quite often it is, a little reflection afterwards. When you were speaking, did you have anything, any specific situation in mind? Anything particular? I, I, I have uh, a question on I'm just, I'll just, we're doing a minute. I'll just keep to the person who's speaking. Ah, okay, okay. All right, go on. The person who was just speaking to me a little while ago about dependent arising, I'm just asking if there's any specific situation for you. Yeah, it's, it's specifically related to, um, you know, like um, you're talking to a loved one and yes. there's like inciting and these kind of things, not the. Uh, not general, general communication. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And 
with the loved one, one's got to remember the, the, the beginning of the term, loved one. It's really, really important here. So, sometimes we are asking of the other what we can't offer ourselves. Slightly hypocrisy here. So, in our communication, it's to be as caring and loving as possible. Seeing how important and trusting in it it is, it might trigger even more reaction from the other. The person may not trust your kind words, may not trust the support you wish to give, the intention to resolve a difficulty. So that might bring reaction, bring withdrawal, and there is no point in putting pressure on the person. They'll only step away further. So when we are expressing the dependent arising which is supportive, it is a trust in that priority without making it dependent on receiving the same back. But the trust in your voice, trust in what you do, trust in what you say, trust in what you offer, to keep the trust there, stay true to it, even if something completely different comes back. And as we know in this world, some of those people in this world who we love and respect in history the most is those who gave knowing the price they may have to pay. And there's some still, we can read extraordinary, remarkable stories of people who just spoke with kindness, with love. It was not understood. And sometimes years of imprisonment, torture, execution, blame, social rejection, ignored, but still able to stay true to something. And, and that's part of our our practice. And sometimes the loved one, sometimes are the ones who challenge us are a challenge more than others. <laughs> That's life. <laughs> <Yeah. clears throat> Thank you. Yes, anyone, please. What, what you would do with <clears throat> Hello, Christopher. Hi, hi. You, you can to ask, and which was um, 
or do you do when you have to 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 cope with someone and and work or with someone when 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 you you definitely tried everything and and, and you not made it to to <laughs> and and uh, be able to to really understand each other so you kind of answered this question and, and but then the question is when you know that you keep you have to say something and you're true to yourself what maybe the tool that you you develop and notice that that makes you understand your re, you are your 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 truth is is uh, legitimate and that that there is a doubt doesn't uh, uh, bring to tears your your truth what you believe in is not shattered because you have too much doubt of the others what they're saying and everything they shatter your 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 your, your yeah your, yeah yeah um the uh i got my head down here because i'm um it's a regular exploration for myself and and for others uh, 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 like like yourself. What I mean by that is there's something which we feel is a truth, it's a big word really, or, or a principle, or a, a value, which is important to us. And we look at it and there is no harmful intent towards the other. Yet still, others may rubbish the view. Um, use all sorts of language, or whatever it might be. You're stupid, it's irresponsible, you're naive, you don't know anything. Blah, 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 many, many kinds. And this, the impact of the other can then trigger the doubt. And we need to be clear, whoa, the voices of the other have had enough impact that um, one starts to trigger it. And sometimes in the psychological, spiritual world, it's, oh, you're just clinging to your view. It's just yourself. It's just your ego. It's just your feeling you are right. These are thoughts I, I get to hear from me. And then, when, and then one then starts to doubt again. Oh, maybe they're right. Maybe I'm just self-righteous, I'm just clinging to my view, I should let it go and be nice and agreeable. No, 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 no. The sign of clinging is arguing. The sign of clinging is a conflict. Staying true to a principle is deep and quiet. And one stays steady with it. Sometimes it is important with the other to ask if are they interested to hear why you value this view 
why you have this principle. And if you get the feeling the intention is just to be judgmental on you, you get the they just want to be judgmental. Keep your peace. Simple. Uh, and 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 keep your peace with the situation. Let them let the reaction uh, uh, go uh, go on. When you were speaking or asking, was there any particular truth that kind of stands out for you at the moment? Was any did it with any you know come to mind? You know, it could be any you know, any, any, it could be mindfulness, it could be being a vegetarian, it could be lifestyle, you know, it could be a thousand things. Any, was there anything standing out for you as truth which you wish to stay true to? Um, yeah, it pops up that uh, it's, it would be, and, and many influence a lot of my interaction with the people, um, to be independent and not uh, dependent on others yeah. to live your life. Yeah. To, 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 to at least do the minimum always so that you manage to your life yourself and don't uh, put it on the back of the others. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, the quiet commitment to this to live an independent life in which the independence gives a freedom to love to support to be receptive but it carries with it the quiet inner authority of the independence as well. So that we have gone deep enough inside of ourselves that we are not going to live our lives seeking for the approval of others. We're not going to live our life trying to impress other people trying to use our willpower to get them to do what we want. Therefore, there's a quiet independence. We communicate and share. But we value our independence. And that might mean uh, at times we may say um, no to various kinds of pressures, uh, 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 etc., and stay true to something. I mean, to take a very small example, Christopher, here. Um, let, me, let me think of one thing that comes to mind. Um, I live under donations. 
been doing it for 50 years. I've got a house, I've got a home, I've got some warm clothing on, etc. There, and brought up the daughter. So it works out well. And there, and so once I got offered as a payment $10,000, and this is years ago, 20 years ago, but six in my mind, $10,000 to teach mindfulness and meditation on a liner, you know, a big ship, you know, these people having a holiday, and I would get for one week $10,000 just to teach these rather wealthy people who like going on liners. Uh, so my friends, my Dharma friends, and others, my parents, they were around then, said, wow. And then the voices were coming, but Christopher, you can still keep to your principles, donations, but, and you could give the money away. You could put it aside for your daughter's future. You could give it to your school in India. No. That's what I said, no. Because <laughs> I knew somehow a principle I was compromising. Like that. Sometimes you just say no. It, doesn't make, it didn't make any sense to me. You know, I don't mind. Ten thousand dollars would be useful, but something else is more important. And it just sometimes in life that where we have a principle for will be tested, guaranteed. So, did you do the the trip on the boat that we donated? No, absolutely not. No, 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 exactly. I, 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 no. <laughs> and the people said, oh, you're, you're naive, Christopher. These people are rich. It's nothing to them. No. They, no. <laughs> they need mindfulness as well. <laughs> and they need, and that's the other one. They need mindfulness. They need your teeth. Yes, no. <laughs> and then it's not sensible. You know, it, it, it's not, it, it can be naive. I don't mind. But um, I, I just prefer to a quiet principle and stay true to it, even with the, the publishers. It, rem it reminds me of a, a French proverb, uh, like more like from the countryside. They say, your principles will kill you. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Jesus would agree with that one. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, look what the Romans did to him. God. So, yeah, but still, as I said earlier, sometimes the people we, we love um, and people who, who love, they, they value it, and it, even if it kills them. They just stay, it's a transcendent truth, a transcendent principle, and sometimes it puts a risk to the life. Right? But for many it doesn't. But we we just we just some people just might just be misunderstood. But we stay true to something. All right, stay true to your, to truth, to principles, to values.
and be ready for the time when they might be tested. <laughs> All right, thank you. So let's have our quiet minute together just to uh, just to close. <clears throat>